Well, good Easter morning, church. Good morning. How are you? How, how is everybody this morning? Awesome. Awesome. My name is Katie Griffin, and I have had the awesome opportunity to be a part of this magnificent church for the past 10 years. And so I'd like to be the first to say happy 10th anniversary, Highlands Church. Yeah. So throughout these years, I have served the church in different roles, and currently I'm the pastor of missions and congregational care. And over these years, I have seen hundreds of people come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. I've witnessed over 200 baptisms, and I've attended many sleepless youth events, (laughs) and I have done life together with hundreds of attendees. And what a blast these years have been. Now, before we get into the message this morning, I have a few friends that want to say hi to us on our anniversary, so please direct your attention to the screens. Hello, Highlands Church. It's Pastor Sean, and I want to wish you a very, very happy 10th anniversary celebration. I so wish that I could be there with you this year to celebrate this special day. I miss all of you terribly, and I love you all very much. Well, I'm coming to you here from the mountains of Idaho, where we just experienced a very different kind of winter than we had down there on the central coast. And I'm coming to you from the facility where we had our first couple worship services for our new ministry. We're taking what we learned at Highlands and we're using so much of that here. So I want you to know that the legacy of Highlands Church, your influence is expanding It's reaching here to Idaho, just as it's reaching to Camarillo, where Graham is pastoring. Well, the first 10 years at Highlands Church has certainly been an adventure, hasn't it? Let me tell you why I'm excited for the decade that is ahead. First, you have always been a group of people who welcome others just as they are. You have been a beacon of hope and grace and joy in your community, and I know that you're going to continue to do those things. I'm excited because a church is only as strong as its people, and you are surrounded by tremendous people there. Your staff, your leaders, a committed core of people who've been through some ups and downs and have come out on the other side even stronger. But mostly I'm excited because I know that God is in your midst. He hasn't brought you this far to leave you or forsake you now. He will be with you. He will continue to do great things through you in the years ahead. So I send you my love today, and I send you my prayers. May you have a truly joyous Easter and anniversary celebration. Well, hello, Highlands Church. Hey, it's so good to be talking with you. Manny and I want to wish you a very happy Easter and a very happy 10-year anniversary. (laughs) I can't believe Highlands has been around for 10 years. I still remember the early days when we used to meet in the movie theater downtown and there were a few crazy but committed volunteers who woke up at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning and helped us set up and and those weekends wouldn't be possible without you. All we wanted to do was tell people about Jesus. We didn't care how people got in the door. We were just happy that they came. You know, our vision was to reach de-church people for Christ and I love that it's the same vision you have today. I think in our culture, a lot of people know what Jesus said, but they don't know how he said it. You know, when Jesus spoke, he was full of grace 
And, and Highlands has been a place of grace and a place of hope for the community. You know, some of my best memories in life are with Highlands. It's where I actually met Mandy. It was your grandparents, right? Who were attending yeah. and then they asked you to come. <laughs> yeah. And they still go there to this very day. We love you, Gary and Mary Lou. They do. Hi. <laughs> you know, you have some incredible staff there that are full of faith and committed to reaching people for Jesus. Yeah. I, I know it's easy to look at the past, but I've learned if you keep looking for God in your past, you'll end up missing him in your future. Our hope in Jesus exists for what he's still yet to do, not just for what he's already done. And we believe that God is writing a new and incredible chapter for Highlands, mm -hmm. and your faith is the pen with which he's writing it. Again, Manny and I want to wish you a very happy Easter. We love you guys, <laughs> and happy 10th anniversary. Happy Easter. <laughs> well, hello, Highlands Church. I am so excited to be doing a video for you're such an incredible congregation, 10 year anniversary. Who would have thought 10 years? I can still remember our very first worship service, Jamie and I, and we weren't sure anyone was gonna be coming on that Sunday. And then a dog came, and then it was Rich and Nancy, and then 198 people came on that first Easter Sunday. I know that this is your next Easter Sunday, 10 years later, and God is doing such great things. I know this has been a time of transition and difficulty and just kind of wondering what God is doing, but we want you to know that we're praying for you. As you can see, I am back in a movie theater again. Some things never change, but many of you remember the movie theater there in Paso Robles, where we had such great worship for three years before you moved into the building you're in. My short message for you today is one word, and that is remember. Remember. Number one, remember what it is that got you to where you are today. It isn't uh, a lot of the outside things. It's the inner soul of that congregation. Remember what it is that got you to this place, caring about people who are outside the church, who have no connection to God. The second thing I want you to know is that I remember you like every single day. I think about you as a church and the great ministry we had together. So we have not forgotten you. But the most important thing I want you to hear today on this 10-year anniversary is that God has not forgotten you, that God remembers you, and God will bring into Highlands Church a great, great future. I'm praying for your next pastor. We don't know who that might be, but we know that it'll be a great pastor. Remember, the only limits are the ones that God sets. And remember also, no perfect people allowed. God bless. Take care. Love you. Well, isn't that fun? Here's from some from the past. And so what a blessing it really has been these past 10 years. And I have confident hope that the Lord is directing Highlands as we remain committed to our neighbors here in Paso Robles and also globally as we reach out and love people and love God on our journey for the next years and many, many more after. So thank you for coming out today and celebrating with us. You know, I once heard a story, and it kind of relates to Easter, and it goes a little like this. A woman was looking out of her kitchen window, and she saw a German shepherd, it was her German shepherd, shaking the life out of her neighbor's cute little rabbit. <laughs> oh no, she thought, this cannot be good. And so she jams out of her door, and she grabs a broom and races outside to her neighbor's house, and then she pulls the very dead rabbit out of the dog's mouth. Well, she did what most of us would have done at that time. She panicked. 
And so she ran back inside and she grabbed her hair dryer and she began to do this natural looking blowout on the little bunny. Okay. <laughs> and she restored the hair, right? All the slobbery hair all back to its original condition. And it was all nice and fluffy again. And then she snuck into the backyard of her neighbor and opened the rabbit's cage. She propped up the rabbit where it was sitting, looking very peacefully. Now, I don't know about you guys. Do you like 80s movies? I like 80s movies from the past. And they're kind of, this story kind of reminds me of Weekend of Bernie's, right? <laughs> An hour later... She hears these screams from her neighbor's backyard, and she runs over and asks her neighbor, what is going on? And the neighbor said, our rabbit, our rabbit, two weeks ago it died, and we buried it right here in the backyard, and now it's come back to life. (laughs) Could you imagine her face? Okay, the moral of the story is this, you can't keep a good rabbit down, and you can't keep a good rabbi down. He is risen, he is risen indeed. (laughs) So today I'd like to talk to you about hope and really how it shapes our lives because of Jesus Christ's resurrection. Biblical hope is a confident expectation in Jesus. It's a promised hope that confirms the hope that we have in Christ. Biblical hope is not a hope kind of like, you know, when in our American language, we use the word hope as like, well, I hope daddy comes home soon. Like if I was a little boy, I would be saying, I hope daddy comes home soon so I can play with him, so we can, so I can have some fun playtime with him. That's kind of our idea of hope. A biblical hope is something different. It is not a a hope so type of hope. It's a no so type of a hope. And so it is said that men and women can go 40 days without food. You could possibly even go, you can survive days without water. And you can even go maybe about six to eight minutes without air. But not one second without hope. You really do need hope in order to cope with what life throws your way. Hope is a personal trust in God. And, you know, you guys, I'm not sure what your life might look like this, this year, this, this year from last Easter. But, you know, one thing I'm certain of is that you probably needed hope in order to get through life's journey. Perhaps maybe your years involved a failed marriage, maybe a loss of a job, some kind of tragedy that you didn't expect. Or maybe even someone that was sitting next to you last year here at Easter is no longer here with you today. And so you find yourself looking for hope. And, and perhaps maybe when you walked in here today through these fort, these fort doors, you're even finding yourself with maybe just a little hope or no hope at all. I'm here to tell you not to be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can have hope. We can have this biblical hope. You see, because the resurrection changed human history. It was not just a historical event, even though it was the greatest historical event ever happening, but it was not just that. It was something more. It really changed everything, And and it changes us. It's personal. And so, 
Because Jesus Christ died and rose again, we can have this confident hope. Because our hope is in him, not in our circumstances or temporal things. Our, our hope is not in our spouses, maybe our boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other. Our hope is not in our work. Our hope is not even in our politicians, and let's not go there in this election year. We can't place our hope there. Because Jesus lived and came in human form, just like you and I, because Jesus died, that he chose death so that our sins could be forgiven, that he bore the weight of our sins, and on the third day, Jesus Christ rose again. And let me tell you, there is nothing, there is no other religion ever that can claim that besides Christianity. Is the only religion can claim that, that he is a risen God. And that because of that, because of that little short thing I just said, that we can place our hope in him. And so today I want to take a look at the Easter story in the book of Luke. And you have it inside of your bulletins there with you today. But before we get right into Luke chapter 24, verse 13, I want to give you kind of like a preview of what is going on here, um, what has just happened before we get to the road on Emmaus. And so what had just happened was that Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene. And so she was grieving, and she went back to the tomb, and she had some spices with her, and she was going to place them on his body. And when she got to the tomb, however, the stone was rolled away, right? And the stone was rolled away, and Jesus' body was gone. And just the outer garments that he was wearing were neatly folded, and she was devastated. And then the God who was silent on Friday was speaking boldly on Easter Sunday, when he calls her name, and he calls her by name, and he says, Mary. You see, here is interesting. I just want to make this interesting note here, is that Jesus chose to show himself first to a woman. And that's, that's kind of interesting just because it was so out of the ordinary for those times. And so talk about out of the ordinary. So just, just kind of Jesus goes out of his way what we can learn from this is that Jesus goes out of his way to reach out to ordinary people, just like you and I. Maybe those who have been forgotten about or those who feel like they don't have value or worth, that Jesus is like, no, he will go out of his way to reach out to you. And that is something unique about Highlands. Here at Highlands over these past 10 years, that is something that we have struggled. That is like our vision. That is what we do here is to reach out to ordinary people, just like us here. And one of our slogans says, no perfect people allowed. And so that is just one, a little side note I wanted to discuss. And now if we head into Luke, we head into Luke chapter 24, 24 verse 13, it says this. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had just happened, that had just had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and he walked alongside of them, but they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, hey, 
What are you guys discussing together as you walk along? And so there were these two guys. We don't know both their names. We just get one of their names. One of their names is Cleopas. And they, but what we do know is that they had seen those past week events leading up to the cross and the death and the resurrection. Not the resurrection just yet. And so there they were walking along, not knowing that Jesus was walking with them. Here's another point of this, that Jesus is always walking with us. His promise in Isaiah 42, 6, he says this, I will take hold of your hand. That is a confident hope, that Christ will take hold of your hand. Another thing I wonder if, if you picked up in this scripture is that it says that they were going to a village about seven miles from Jerusalem. You see, I think the problem here was that they were going in the wrong direction. Do you agree? Agree? Perhaps they were, I don't know why they were going that way, but perhaps they were just trying to put some distance between themselves and what just took place at the cross. Or perhaps they were just a little confused and wondering of like, what just went on? What did I just see? I wonder how many times in in life do we find ourselves doing the same thing. Instead of running to God during times of hurt and pain, we run away. Or you maybe today you find yourselves like, I'm here, I'm hearing the story, I heard these songs they sing about Christ being alive, and you're just kind of wondering, is it all true? All these events that I've heard about, can I believe in it? I kind of think maybe that's what those guys were doing too. Like, I'm going to need to put myself a little bit away from this, what just took place, and i got to figure out, is this all for real? And so as you read on in verse 17, after after Jesus asked them what they were discussing, it says they stood there still with their faces downcast. You see, these guys had forgotten or did not hear, maybe, what Christ was teaching all along. Many times he was predicting his death, and actually they would know their scripture. And so if we go back to the Old Testament in Isaiah 53, 5, it says this, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. You see, we have these scriptures too, and we've heard them many times, yet we worry, right? When we should pray. We panic when we should trust. And we turn away just like these guys did when we should cling. And so as we continue to read on, we read that this scripture goes on to describe what Jesus had, what had taken place when Jesus asked them, what things, what things did you see? And so they answer him and they said this, they said, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped, don't miss this word here, this is these guys talking to Jesus, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since this all took place. In addition, some of the women, they amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. And they came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels 
um, who said he was alive. Then some of the companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the woman had said. But him they did not see. Jesus said to them, how foolish you are, and how slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then Jesus goes on, as you read on here, Jesus goes on to give them quite a sermon. He gives them a sermon from Moses to all the prophets. I I don't know about you, but I would have loved to have been around to hear that one. (laughs) It would have been quite a sermon. You see, Christ was always with them. They had lost some hope there. They even said it as they were recalling those weeks, and they said, but we had hope that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. So let me ask you this. What do you see Jesus doing in this scripture when he was talking to them to, to help rekindle their hearts, to help give them that, back that hope? He gave them the scripture. He gave them the word of God. And guess what, folks? We have that here with us here today that is readily available to each and every one of you. And so Christ took the scriptures that pointed, he pointed them to Jesus, and then he restored their hope. And as he, as he was doing this, it says their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They got up, and right away, right after they had, their eyes were opened, they got up, and guess where they went? Did they keep running away? No. They turned right around, and they made that seven-mile trek right back to Jerusalem. They fed, there they found the 11 and those assembled together in which they announced, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. They had their hope restored. So let me, let's do this again. Ben did such a great job with it up here, getting you guys to say it out loud. So I thought it would be kind of fun to say it again. Let's try it. He is risen. He is risen. Fantastic. Interesting, in 1 Peter 1.21, who is actually Simon Peter, he writes this, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, your faith and hope can be placed confidently in God. That is our hope for you here today. No matter where your journey has been or where your journey is going to take you or where what this year has looked like for you? Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, your faith and your hope can be placed confidently in him. You see, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus happened over three days. Friday, as we know, was suffering, pain, and agony. Saturday was doubt, confusion, and misery. However, Sunday, the day that we celebrate today, is a day of hope, a day of joy, and a day of victory. And the fact of life is this. Really, you and I will face these days over and over again in our lives on this journey that Christ has for each and every one of us. We will face days of pain and suffering. We will face days of doubt and confusion. But we will also have days of joy and victory. 
And the question here today is, what will you do? Will you be downcast? Or will you remember that there is confident hope? Hope which says that even in the bad times, I know God is alive and is in control. Because he lives, he can meet you wherever you are today. And that is his promise to you. And so, God, I pray, let us pray, and then I will close us here. Lord Jesus, I just pray that that you would give us grace this day and for now on, Lord, to live as Easter people, full of hope. Not the kind of hope that we use in our language where it's like a hope-so kind of hope, but a no-so kind of hope with that confident biblical hope in what Christ has done for each and every one of us. Lord, if there is those today who do not know this hope or do not know the Lord as their Savior, I pray that they will come and seek us out, anybody with a tag, and we'd love to share that with them. Lord, that you would bless their day, that you would bless their year, Lord God, that you are risen, and we are so thankful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.